So, Christopher, mm. I've got a Christmas movie question for you. Ooh. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I have very strong opinion on the subject, so I want to see what you say. All right, so here's my view on Die Hard. Is the movie set during Christmas? Yeah. Is it a movie that embodies the Christmas spirit? Is it a movie which you would watch traditionally during Christmas to bring about those Christmas happy time feelings? Not so much. Um, I, it's an action movie at heart. Is it set during Christmas? Yes. Um, are there aspects of like redemption and happiness? I guess so. There's an argument for both, but for me, it doesn't even like it's one of those like cliche kind of things like, oh yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, but it's not really a Christmas movie. Like it doesn't center Christmas is not a focal point of that movie. Now hold on a second. Respond, before you okay. respond, before you respond. I, I think the, 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 your, everyone's personal decision on this is I think the, the key of what Grasso said at the beginning is how do you define a Christmas movie? If a movie just has to be set during Christmas, then yes, it is a Christmas movie. But then Iron Man 3 is also a Christmas movie because it Ooh. takes place during Christmas. So that's where in my opinion, it has to have Christmas has to be a central focus, whether it's the holiday itself, the time of year, so on and so forth. So in that situation, I would say Die Hard is not. Yes, they are at a Christmas party, but that is just a setting. You could have said it was a New uh, New Year's party. You could have said it is a whatever party. That is not the 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 the, the setting does not make it a Christmas movie. So. Here's where I disagree with both of you, and I think you're, you're missing the, the crucial point here for why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So many thematic live movies, not cartoons, because cartoons really embody different parts of Christmas. But you look at other live Christmas movies, like, you know, the Home Alone series or Love Actually or like things like things of those nature. A lot of it is about reuniting with your family or getting to your family for the holidays. John McClane is going to Los Angeles specifically to see his wife and to see his daughter. Everything that else happens is happenstance. And it is during Christmas, he's going there because it is Christmas. If it wasn't Christmas, it wouldn't mean the same thing. Yeah, and it, sure, it is the action movie. It, everything blows up and it, it's, and it made uh, Bruce Willis an action hero. But at the same time, it's a Christmas movie because it's all about reuniting with your family and reuniting with your loved one. Granted, the loved one that he reunites with is that his buddy cop, not his wife, but that's that's a whole other subject can, that we can talk about. But because he's there to reunite with his family and reconnect what was there, and it's during the Christmas time, this is why it's a Christmas movie. And I will take that to my grave with Guys, broken let, glass feet. Let's, let's be honest. It's about a guy hiding in tunnels in a building from Alan Rickman. It's not a Christmas movie. It is a Harry Potter movie. The end. Ben, you swayed me like just like, uh, like I, uh, he would not be in that situation if those key factors that are like Christmas movie factors, like he's trying to get to his family. It's, it's Christmas time. He's trying to rekindle these. He's trying to become, you know, there's so many stories of like rebirth during Christmas. Like that, isn't that what like 
Miracle on 34th Street is all about and like like getting back to your family and like realizing all the bad things you've done and fighting for them. And it's a wonderful life, too. It's a wonderful life is exactly like that. I understand the argument is that on my traditional Christmas movie rotation that I watch. No, no, but but it should be. That's that's all I'm saying. See, like, like I'll get. I'll make another. I'll make another point about the beginning of the movie. It it shouldn't should be. It could. It could be. There's not. It could be. It's okay if you watch it as a Christmas movie as a tradition, but it is not. I don't think a cornerstone Christmas movie. So, so one one other thematic thing that I see in a lot of Christmas movies is a redemptive arc or uh, an act of penance or an act of reconciliation. And the whole point the, of John McClane's reconciliation with his wife is that he had an argument that he felt bad about and that he felt that he had to redeem himself to his wife who has potentially moved on. They're estranged, but they're not divorced, but she has potentially moved on and lives across the lives across the country while he's a New York City cop. And he is going there and he thinks even in the beginning of the movie, and I just watched this, so it's fresh in my mind, but he he is there to redeem himself for the mistakes that he's made in the past. Benjamin, you're talking about a theme that runs through all of storytelling, not just Christmas storytelling. But it's important in every Christmas movie. So so there I'm going to knock you. Here's my last argument, and we can move on afterwards. If it was a Christmas movie, his tagline would not be yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. It would be ho, 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 motherfuckers. Therefore, it is not a Christmas movie. Well, that's all, that's all because he likes Roy Rogers, which, by, by the way, I'm just going to say this real quick. You should all watch the movies that made us on Netflix. It goes really into the whole making of Die Hard and the whole backstory. You'll learn a lot. I didn't know this, but Bruce Willis used to be uh, a soapy actor before this, and Alan Rickman was only a stage actor. He had never done a movie before Die Hard, which was based on a book called uh, – I forget what the name of it is, but it's based on a book. So look it up. Watch the movie watch the series it's great they also cover home alone which is a quintessential christmas movie they also just made a new one that is the christmas movies that made us and then one is elf and the other one is the nightmare before christmas and the one on elf will literally blow your mind it's john favreau right the the creator mcu MCU, the saver of the star wars universe that was so that was john i can go into it right now if you want to go if you want to make this podcast about john favreau we can go into it right now but it's the second movie he ever directed himself we, we will save it for the sequel podcast Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? But they are who we thought they were. This is Sparta! Surprise, motherfucker. 
All right, everybody, and welcome to our penultimate episode of the Pining For podcast. I never get the opportunity to say penultimate in in normal everyday conversations. It means second to last. Underrated word. Underrated word. Uh, so, so this and that is what this episode is for our first season of the Pining for Podcast. Uh, so happy to be here with you. Uh, with me, as always, is the owner of the Wieners Wean Dogs, Greg Marku, and the owner of the Two Beers Too Deep, Chris Grasso. We're in the finals week, everybody, and we actually have two representatives from the finals here. One that's really sad about his team, that's me, and one who's more excited than he's ever been because he's never been in a finals before like this. So uh, let's kick it off. We'll we'll look back a little bit you know this is the first week with saturday games uh so things were a little different you had to make earlier decisions this week we have a friday game a saturday game and a sunday game do we have a thursday game this week i don't think we do no no, no. thursday night game there's like three saturday games i think i think there's like a an afternoon and late there's three saturday, saturday, game. we got three saturday games too. so and then and then one christmas game it is the saints and the vikings so if you got those players Make sure they're uh, in your lineup or on your bench because you want them there. We're talking to you, Fitz. So yeah, let's let's get right back into it, and we'll look uh, we'll look at the week what was uh, before we talk about other things and things that happen in the future. So we'll start we'll start with a mouth breather like we always do, right? Okay. So there were two mouth breather matchups this week. We'll start with the Keegs to success versus Spencer Sachs Sniffers. Now remember the loser here goes into the mouth breather bracket. So they're the ones who continue on. And we all thought, uh, you know, we, we all pegged it right. Spencer Sachs Sniffers pulled it out just kind of barely 112.7 to 106.8 to the keys to success. So the keys to success have one chance to stay out of the mouth breather bracket. And, you know, Spencer's team finally showed up. Matt Ryan had a good game when he needed it. Um, Devontae Adams, although he wasn't that great, uh, he was still uh, buoyed by DeAndre Hopkins and his Giants, who didn't score negative points this week, but he did, you know, just enough to win, essentially, even though there was a decent showing on all of Keegan's players, a lot of positives, but not Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, that's the story here, really. Just didn't show up against a rivalry game in the uh, against the Bengals. That's what I was going to go to right away, is that, Spencer had to be sweating bullets going into that Monday night game because if Ben Roethlisberger had a decent game and decided to throw to anybody else besides Juju, Keegan was going to win that game. Just got rocked too. Yes, and that was just that was something that that was really surprising. And and Spencer could have been that back-to-back mouth breather. I mean, if you look at if you look at his roster, the last three positions just didn't do anything with. Yeah. He had Juju who had one point and uh, got annihilated on a hit. The yeah. Giants defense was zero points. And then Will Lutz only had three, his kicker. You know, it wasn't wasn't a good week for Spencer. It was a solid week. He got some big performances, like you said, Ben, from three guys, four four guys. But uh, he his running back finally finally showed up. Jonathan yeah. Taylor has been really coming on strong. That is – yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For me, it comes, it comes all the way down to the quarterbacks. Uh, Matt, Matt Ryan is the wishy-washy. Um, at, uh, that's the word I would love. Matt, wishy-washy Ryan. Um, that's the difference in the game right there. Even his projection was high at like 21 points, uh, but he blew that out of the water and they played like he looked great. Um, and Ben Roethlisberg, he just fell flat on his face. Um, and they struggled that entire game to get the ball moving. And that's really where it comes down to. And Spencer is, oh, I thought he was going to be a two-time mouth breather, but he's been he's been rolling the last couple of weeks. And 
his running backs finally, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. I mean, they're two number one running backs on two decent teams. So they should be doing well the whole season and his wide receiver core has always been great. So I'm glad to see that Spencer is not a two time mouth breather. Yeah. So like you said, it's not a, well, I think Spencer has been mouth breather twice. Not not back to back though. Okay, got it. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, like you said, instead of Matt Matt Wishy Washy, instead of Matty Ice, it should be Matty Lukewarm, maybe. Yeah. Because that's Matty Room Temp. But you know, th- there used to be a, an axiom in fantasy land about Ben Roethlisberger on the road that he couldn't perform well on the road, and he seemed to have gotten rid of that this season. But it's starting to rear its ugly head at the worst time. Uh, and that's what pushed Keegan into mouth breather. And now they have a really tough matchup against the Colts, one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. So it'll be an interesting week going into the mouth breather. But we'll we'll move on from there, unless uh, Doji have any other comments on that game. All right. So we'll move on to the other mouth breather, which is particularly heartbreaking for me because I lost uh, to the Moose Mayhem, who he he was convinced that he was going to be the mouth breather this uh, this year. He uh, he beat me 107.05 to 97.95. I mean, there's a few storylines here. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaro, though he put up 8.8, is injured with a high ankle sprain. So he's uh, he's no longer with my team for the remainder of the season. Just nobody showed up. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had a really costly fumble, and then Matt Stafford basically wouldn't pass to him the rest of the game. And Hawkinson has been a lock for me all year. So outside of that, I mean, Josh Allen has been Moose's savior, which I'm sure he loves as a Buffalo fan. But uh, congrats to you, Moose. For me, this is still like a pretty tight game. Um, Josh Allen put on an incredible performance um, that is certain to be maybe one of the best of his careers. Um, Nobody's running backs showed up this week on either team. So that's a big hole for everybody. Rodrigo Blankenship. Um, still played a great game. Um, I just want to shout that out. Um, but that's that's really Josh Allen sways that game. That's a that's a ten point game, you know. Uh, no, it's a twenty point game. Yeah, no, it's still it's still all no, Josh. It, it was that's a, it's a ten point game. You had your math was no, right. The ten first point time. game. No, I was right. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. There's uh, math is not great. Um, it's a ten point game. So it's it's all Josh Allen for that, and that's really anybody's game. And uh, I think that'll show this weekend in the mouth through the final is really going to be. And he's been a game, just like every game this year is anybody's game. Yeah, that it. it, it, it I think Grasso hit it on the head. It comes down to Josh Allen and getting forty-one points. He he played so well. Matt Barkley, a fan of the pod, came on or came on last week. He he got in the game. Big friend, big friend of the podcast. Big Matt. friend of the pod. Um, yeah, Ben. I it, the the Edwards Hilaire thing. Granted, it it may not have saved you, but that had to hurt, especially knowing you know knowing that there was a loss there. Hawkinson, I mean, it's the it's the position, is the tight end position. Um, where that you fall, I mean, that fumble gonna... was killer too. Yeah. So you know, you got one more shot, Ben. That's why you don't get the bye week, and that's why you get three chances instead of two. But you know, and I'll just point out to what Dale said to us earlier in the weekend, the uh, pining for our interns that. My road should have been the easiest road. I had the three lowest seeds to fight against. So if I become the mouth breather, I honestly deserve it at this point. Yeah, you played 10, 11, and 12, right, in a row. So those are the three worst teams. So we're going we're gonna to see where this ends up. 
Although I'll be honest with you, if we re-ranked all the teams at the end of the season, I think uh, I think Dale's team would probably be top five. Yeah, if the season restarted, I mean, if they had another sixteen weeks in the season, I'm sure this entire league would be totally different. If we had started the season at week whatever, we're we're headed into week. We just finished week fifteen. We started the season at week eight. Dale would be undefeated. It's such a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing. He's won seven games in a row. So to wrap up, wrap up the week, wrap up. Eccles finished fifth. Vinny has finished sixth. Dale has finished seventh. And the Doge, myself, has finished eighth. So those are the locked positions um, for, for, the, for the, you know, the, the week moving forward, the year for, for those tabulations that we do at the beginning of every year to see how people have been. Yeah. And – yeah, it's it was it's one of those true axioms uh, phrases that you say it was the the best of seasons, it was the worst of seasons. Dale has had those two completely different halves, and you know he pulled it out when he needed to. So yeah, he I mean, I, he's not. I even, picked him every week, to, every week to win that he won. I picked him. I just want to make that very clear, Dale. If you're listening, it was all my good juju. I did uh, some Cuban voodoo. Uh, a go. Well, he also he now also never lost a game after he came on the pod. So. That's true. That's true. That's good pod pod juju. Mm-hmm. It's important to think about though, because like once his his team was unhealthy, and now that his team is back to as Nick Chubb, um, it, it, it makes a huge difference. Like what if, I think about all the what ifs for this season, there's a huge amount of what ifs. Like CMC is a huge what if for Joe. I mean, now that he's at now that Joe is safe. I mean, if he would have won the mouth breather, it would have been the biggest question of all time. Yeah. Like, what if CMC? That, that was for Dale, a little late, but you know. I think, yeah, like, maybe you could have just waited one more time until we said <laughs> the weak side of was. Kind of scared me, actually. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it is what it is. All right, let's move on to the play of the Alba playoff picture. And we'll talk about the the reigning champs going up against the Show Me Atidis in the highest scoring matchup this league. Uh, Show Me Atidis scored 132.5, which is a great score. But the Fitz Magic pulled it out with 144.1. And this goes down to two things for me. David Montgomery has been coming on so strong this final, the final weeks of the season. He has been unstoppable for the Bears. The Bears seem to have figured it out, which is a weird thing to say. Mitch Trubisky has been handing off the handing off the ball a lot, and David Montgomery has been doing a lot with it. And for what I was saying in the past couple of weeks, Travis Kelsey is a cheat code. He is guaranteed points every single week. He scored another 18 points for him this week. And Jimmy's team showed up. I mean, outside of Chris Carson, who's usually a lock, every single player showed up on his team. But when you're when you're in the championship brackets, it's these minute differences that really make the difference. And Mari Cooper scoring one point, not good enough. He could have put in Chase Edmonds. He could have put in Carlos Hyde, who would have done better than Chris Carson. So if he'd played best ball, he might have won. What you got to think about here, too, is Jimmy scored the third highest points of the week. The third highest. Who scored the highest though? That would be that would be uh, Gerald Ryan Fitzgerald, um, our reigning champion, and fingers crossed, not not champion again. Um, yeah, he just had an unbelievable like that Kelsey pick. May be the reason he wins that Kamara Kelsey and that one two pickup. And David, you're right, David Montgomery. He's always been a volume guy. You know, he's always been that RB two that's going to get you. 15 to 25 touches a game and get you eight to 16 points if he scores. 
but now he's just been unbelievable. They've been letting him work. Um, and Fitz's team is just really, really good. Montgomery has become like a pivotal part of that offense. They finally realized they're like, oh, wow, no one can throw the ball. Maybe we should, maybe we should run it. Um, and Jarvis Landry is really coming on. That Cleveland offense is really clicking. They have a lot of confidence. Baker's making good decisions. There's a lot um, on that Fitz Magic team that is just like kind of untouchable right now. Like that, that Kelsey in tight end, he's got the second most receiving yards in the league. And he is a tight end. He also blocks during running plays. He might be the most, one of the most athletic players in the NFL. He can do so much. And it's just a shame to see Jimmy's team. It's heartbreaking probably for Jimmy. I mean, Tony Pollard with a ridiculous game coming in to back up for Zeke. Um, Kyler Murray just going off. I mean, that's a, he, that Jimmy's team's got a great game, and it's, it's heartbreaking because you look at Amari Cooper in the flex, and you can change that, and it's a 12-point it's a game. It's a, it's a tight game, 12.4. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, that's it, it, the whole league. The whole season has been so tight. We're all really good at fantasy football. And I just really want to give props to Jimmy because at a, at a nine and four and Fitz is at nine and four and they've both scored a ridiculous amount of points this season and like props to everybody that's made it to the finals. I mean, minus Eckle, obviously, but every props to everybody that made it to the final. All those teams are absolutely fantastic. And there's teams, I mean, weak side werewolves with one thirty eight eight five. I mean, he would have, he would have, he would have beat Jimmy too. That's crazy to think about that. Somebody that's in the mouth of the playoff scored that many points. He would be everybody but Fitz. So yeah. what, one last point about Travis Kelsey, because I've been you know, looking at his stats over and over again. I just I still can't get over it. In seven of the last eight weeks that he's played, he has scored more than 18 points. All but one, like you can like as a tight end, scoring more than 18 points every single like every single week. He has eight receptions or more in seven straight weeks. Those are like second tier quarterback numbers. Like if you have a quarterback on your bench that you're hoping will go off, those are second tier quarterback numbers. It's wide receiver one numbers too. More than wide receiver one. I mean, it's running back one. I mean, AJ Brown. I mean, I mean, I'm literally looking at the, at the at the show me your TDs team. If you look at AJ Brown, that is a great wide receiver, and he scored twelve point nine points. That's fantastic. You can match him up against Kelsey all of all of the weeks of the whole season. And that tight end will beat him. He's incredible. Kelsey is an incredible talent. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he got picked way sooner in the draft. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he got picked over an, a lot of number one wide receivers for next year. Yeah, he, he's probably going to go third round, I think, second or third round next year. I wouldn't be surprised early second, late first. The way he first, first ball- round is a, is big for a tight end. Yeah, but if you're going to get guaranteed 12 plus points every week. I mean, even if he doesn't score, he's still getting eight catches for 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to move on to the other finals matchup uh, that stars are our very own Chris Grasso. Uh, he pulled out a, a big victory over the fantasy empire, scoring 125.15 to 106.9. Stress the most. 
Stress. Uh, I mean, what it comes down to, honestly, is the San Francisco running backs. Uh, the Jeff Wilson did it for you. I thought that was a dumb pick as your second running back, but it worked out for you. <laughs> what do you so, want? What's my other pick? What's my other option? Okay, fair enough. I mean, you could you could have right, put, 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 put Lynn Bowden in there. I and could have put in Gio Bernard. I could yeah, have been Gio, Gio Bernard. Bernard would have been that was my other option, but Gio hasn't shown up for like the last four weeks. So I went with Wilson because I thought Mostert wasn't going to. Most... Well, it doesn't matter because you won. Even with, a, the, even, with, even with a bad showing from Aaron Rodgers. That's what I was going to say. Aaron Rodgers had under 20 points and you still won with 125 points. That was this, the, the lowest points of Aaron Rodgers entire season so far. He Adam Thielen in... only had eight points. It was abysmal. Adam Thielen has only seen 13 uh, fucking looks in the last three weeks. That's nothing. You know, most of most of uh, DJ's team showed up like Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, which has carried him most of the season, did OK. I mean, Tyreek Hill was a little low for him, as for, which weird to say for 14 points. But you expect, you know, Travis Kelsey numbers, for lack of a better uh, phrase uh, there. But the bottom half of his lineup, you know, Traquan Smith, the, the Steelers, Dean Harrison Butker and, of course, Mostert just didn't show up. And that, James Robinson has been fading. That that Traquan started. It was intriguing to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe he hoped that because Michael Thomas was out and Drew Brees was back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I just I, I would have, you know, granted Hollywood Brown has been very disappointing, but the but the Ravens were going against Jacksonville. Um, you know, that would be the one that I probably would have started over him just because of the the matchup and the ability of that offense to score. Um, yeah, Chris, I your team also scares me because you had that good of a week with Aaron Rodgers only scoring 19 points or almost 20 points so but also the same, the same question exists going i'm sorry the same question marks exist going into next week that's the issue with my team so i read an espn article the other day about the so most the, the, the most common fantasy players on championship teams you know what the top two are travis kelsey um, and stefan diggs so we have one from each championship team oh wow so a, a wide receiver. That's interesting that a wide receiver is the. What's about the, where you picked him? You picked him in the se- the sixth round, which is great value for where he was. And let's see where Fitz picked up Kelsey. You guys want to take a guess before I look? Second, he says second. A, I think it was a second round pick. What it was the, second round. I mean, twenty yeah, twenty first overall. So we had the back to back picks. I think. Right. Oh also, no! I forget. We have a twelve team league. Yeah, he picked. Right. He picked. He picked fourth. He picked fourth um this year and yeah he picked he picked kamara kelsey one two and that's carried his team for for most of the year four is such a sweet spot so yeah so that is our uh championship mat or round two playoff matchups so we've got one final ad or do we have another uh, we haven't decided if he gets another ad after this but we've got another ad from joe and this this is great because i don't have any copy to read i just have a video to play or uh, so let's see what it is. I haven't even previewed this. So if, if it's vulgar, I'm sorry. You didn't even preview it? Oh, perfect. Silence. Moose's team is falling backwards. A lot of single-digit scores. Joe, a.k.a. Team Tinkerbell, a.k.a. Joey Tinks. As Doge would say, his team is a doo-doo butter. But this was really bad. 
I'm looking for some things uh, to make the mouth breather's life uh, not worse, but a little more public. Um, so there's some things in the works on the back burner. So you, you may think that, you know, we might take it easy on him, but there's it's only going to get worse. No, no, no. Not today. <laughs> You know, about five weeks ago, I was thinking, you may be right. Escaping the mouth breather? Improbable, yes, but not impossible. But $27 later, and with the help of fantasy gods, Stevie Johnson and Matt Barkley, the mayhem truly lived to fight another day. So for my final message this season, I only have one thing to say. In 2021, I'm coming for you, Alba. Paid for by the Moose Mayhem. All right, bravo, bravo! That that was that was pretty amazing. That was like an NPR segment. That was beautiful. That was wait. So he went and re-listened to all the pods to find us talking about clips from the pod. That took a Joe shout out. That was the production value on that was absolutely astonishing, and I want that forever. That's incredible, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens when you have the week before Christmas off. You have the time to dig through hours of podcasts and do anything. And you are only refined to your house. And the only thing that populates your mind is making a commercial for a podcast that only 12 people listen to. Maybe we have to, uh, no. we have to talk about bringing Joe on. As producer back here. That was 10 out of 10. Oh, well, I mean, uh, he has, he has some professional experience. I know. Like I'm clearly not a professional producer. Good. That the that fucking commercial was uh, fantastic, Joe. Did ten out of ten, man. I laughed at the whole ten out of ten. Let's get into a little fuck. I'm so excited. I'm jacked up right now. I was a little upset though that you didn't have any Doge quotes. You only had me quoting Doge. I was I was I was in there once. I was in there once. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, that that was great. It was fantastic. Uh, As Grasso would say, fantastic. So yeah, so let's talk about the the playoffs. You know, because that's where we are. We're in the finals. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? That's right, Jim. We're talking playoffs right now. So we are in the finals. But before we get to the finals, people still have something to play for in the third place matchup because there's money on the line. And you know, even though they lost, both of them lost last week, they still have a chance to win. And to get some money back or their money back that they put into the league, it's fifty dollars this year, right? We up the we up the value to fifty dollars. So it's uh, it's the Show Me TDs versus the Fantasy Empire. Both of them had okay weeks last week, uh, and both of them want to do better. So we're going to look right at that matchup. We're going to break it down position by position. Uh, and if I'm going to go by the starting lineup, it looks like. Jim, uh, Jimmy's throwing a Hail Mary starting Baker Mayfield against Pat Mahomes. It <laughs> is Pat, against the Jets. It, it is, is against the Jets. The Jets yes. did. Ha- they are on a one-game winning streak, though. Okay, we're not. We're talking about fantasy relevant things here. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Jets secondary um, has two very young players. Um, and it's very easy to throw the ball on the New York Jets. Last week, I think, was a uh, outlier of a game. Um, they've given up a lot. And I think any team that plays the New York Jets is still going to have a fantasy relevance. 
Um, I still think they're going to be able to throw the ball and utilize that. Uh, even if the Jets defense, oh, they still scored 20 points last week and the Jets defense played the best it did the entire season. So, yeah, but we'll he, comparing position to position, we're comparing Baker Mayfield at the Jets to Pat Mahomes at home against the Falcons. So, oh, it, I, I pick Mahomes in this matchup 100%, but I'm just saying it's it's closer than names would suggest. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield's had a great season for him. So, I mean, even though he's had an 18 number, he, he's minimized his mistakes. His uh, He may get OBJ back this week. Who knows? So the, there's some upside there. So moving on to RB1, I don't know why uh, Deej has James Robinson in the RB1 slot because I'll tell you, I just read an article that said James Robinson's being rested this week. So I don't think he's being started at all. So we can take that out of the equation. Let's just say his best running back. He has a choice between Malcolm Brown and Jarek McKinnon on his bench, maybe Cordell Patterson. You're probably going to start, I don't even know, they're all on the road. So it's a, it's a tough matchup there. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and pick Chris Carson between those two matchups because I don't think there's going to be one that can replace that value. Yeah, but then he's got Lev Bell. Um, Jimmy's got Lev Bell yeah, starting, right. which I, Lev Bell hasn't looked good. I, I, I said this in a, in a, in a text, text chain somewhere. Uh, that I think that I think that they're gonna rely more on that passing game, kind of pull the Steelers and maybe throw the ball 50 times instead of running the ball, uh, the same amount. Um, but Left Bell but does catch a lot of passes. He is a pass is catching true. back. He's gonna be the primary back, and he will catch passes. Um, but so I, I would definitely give the the running back edge to Jimmy in this matchup, just because of the James Robinson, and 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 Gibson is again that 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 Washington offense can, is a little shaky no matter who they're playing. That's true. Big Although they are on a hot streak. They're playing well. Big thing for me um, in this running back matchup is I don't think Gibson is going to play this weekend either, or he might be coming. He's just coming back. So I think he's going to be shaky at best. I mean, Lev Bell is going to catch a lot more passes than I think uh, we even know because uh, he's going to get all the first team reps this week. Um, so he's going to have that practice. He's going to have that flow and that connection. He's only been there for a few weeks when you really think about it. Um, I'm going to sway towards Jimmy's running backs. Um, I think Carson didn't have a huge week last week, and I think he's going to come back with a vengeance because he always does, and he runs angry. All right, so we're going to look at the wide receiver matchup here right now. And this one's a little closer, obviously – uh, Deej has Tyreek Hill, who is the consensus number one wide receiver. He's going to start. He's going to play. He's going to get a lot of points against the porous Atlanta defense. Marvin Jones, Detroit is fading. They're against uh, Tampa Bay at home. Uh, but then you have two middle-of-the-road guys in A.J. Brown at Green Bay and Robert Woods uh, going uh, up the up the coast to Seattle. So I honestly think it's a little bit of a wash. I make it a slight edge to Deej. Uh, here, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're very comparable in points. I I agree. I, I, I agree with, with what you're saying. I think it's going to be close. I think Tyreek Hill, I think the average will be about the same. That being said, I, I, Jimmy's receivers are going against some pretty porous pass defense. Grand Seattle has been better for a while, you know, against Robert Woods. And, but he's and been, at home too. But he's been, the, he's been the number one target in LA. Um, AJ Brown is going against, you know, Green Bay's, pass defense which is bad um so i think jimmy's gonna win this matchup but i think the averages will be very very close 
We're talking wide receivers, Grasso. What do you think? I'm here. I'm here for it. Um, Marvin Jones. Um, I think I think everybody always underestimates the Detroit Lions. Um, I love Matt Stafford. Um, yet another highlight reel. Oh, no look pass through three defenders into the end zone again this weekend. He's that man. He's you realize he also was playing that game injured. Uh, this weekend, he has some some cartilage issues on his ribs, I think, or something like that. Um, so Marvin Jones Jr. is really coming on at Tyreek Hill. You, 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 you can never. He might score four touchdowns. Um, Nobody would be surprised. No, would be surprised. And I don't know if A.J. Brown and Robert Bobby Trees can uh, can compensate for that. Um, and that's really hard. Uh, that's 100 percent. I'm going to go. Uh, Especially because they're versus Atlanta, uh, Tyreek Hill is going to rip up that secondary, and Tampa Bay has looked relatively good on defense for Marvin Jones to slay up. But against the Seahawks, Bobby Trees is probably going to get squashed because uh, they've been red hot. So I'm going with the wide receivers for uh, for the Deej for uh, the fantasy empire. Okay, it does sound like it's going to be close. And I just want to say one point. Uh, this may be the last time we talk about uh, Robert Woods slash Bobby Trees. The first time I ever heard the name Bobby Trees was from our own Doge, Greg Marcoux. I think we can officially say that he has coined one of the best nicknames for one of the most middle-of-the-road high-end wide receivers there are. I heard it on another podcast. I will not take credit. I heard it on the Ringer Fans Football Podcast, which is a, a phenomenal podcast. Is, is that Bill, Bill Simmons? It's Bill Simmons' network, but it's not Bill Simmons. It's 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 the couple of the guys that work for or three of the three guys that work for the ringer, and it's uh it's tremendous. You could have taken Bill credit. Simmons has his own network. Oh yeah, yeah. he oh, left yeah. ESPN to make it. He made he made four hundred million dollars when he sold the ringer to Spotify. Because well, he, I think he wanted to Guy, create his own network he, on ESPN, and then they wouldn't guys, let him. So he's listen, like, in this pining Ford thing, we're taking we're taking it on the road, boys. Spotify is going to buy us for a hundred million dollars. We're going to put it. Do we're it. going to put a satellite in space, and it'll just broadcast this podcast just all day long. We should set up a network where other people can do podcasts for their own fantasy football, and it'll just be broadcast to their team. So it'll be the local, the local sports, and then that's where it's at. We'll talk about this offline. Let's move Write on. That down. That's that was good. Write that down. Nobody's it's recording. Scored. It's recording right now. Oh, we're recording it. We're gonna, <laughs> you can listen to this later and remember. <laughs> let's move on to tight end match. This is two days before Christmas. We're all a little loopy. So let's let's move on to the tight ends. I don't think there's any contest here. It's Robert Tanyan versus Dallas Goddard. Robert Tanyan is a clear favorite for the tight ends here for uh, the DJs. Let's just give quick hits here. Grasso, what do you think? Two words. Uh, any player on Philadelphia is a question mark. Um, even though Jalen looks great. Uh, sorry. All right, so Tanyan, Tanyan, Tanyan. I'm going Goddard. It's just and it's just because I don't know if Tanyan's going to score. Aren't you upset that Tanyan's no longer on your team? Is that worth? I don't want to talk about it. I (laughs) stung for three for two or three weeks, and now I regret every moment of it. We can we can talk about regrets because there's two tight ends that were on my team that both did great last weekend. Uh. So Hooper and Noah Fant both scored touchdowns last week. All right, so let's move on to the flex, one of the more difficult ones, because we have to kind of look at what's at the bench and who they can start. He's got Amari Cooper, uh, uh, Jimmy does, but I think he should put in Tony Pollard if I was him, or even, you know, he could do a Chase Edmonds because I think they're splitting time with Drake. Uh, And then on DJ's side, you know, he's got honestly a garbage bench. 
there's not a lot there. So I'm giving Jimmy the edge if he picks the right guy. I concur with your statement, Benjamin. For me, it's uh, Marquise Brown. And I think that makes a huge difference. He's been playing great the last couple of weeks for Deej. So I think it goes to Deej. All right. So defenses, I think it's no contest. Steelers playing at home. They're, they're going to be the ones that are really going to pull it out, especially with the Bills on the road against New England. Uh, and New England's going to play tough. They always play tough at home. Uh, and then kickers, who cares? So um, I disagree with the defenses. I think the New England Patriots have given up um, on their quarterback, and I believe the Bills will win this matchup. All right, so overall, quick, quick hit. Who do you guys think? Jimmy. I'm also going with Jimmy. I think he's got a, a high hat. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jimmy, too, just because James Robinson's not starting. Like, he's whoever who replaces him, it's not going to be a good fit at all. All right. So let's move on to the mouth breather, which uh, stars myself and uh, the keys to success. So we're going to start right with the quarterbacks and we're looking at Deshaun Watson uh, versus whoever Keegan's putting in there. Jalen hurts. It looks like he's got in right now. Uh, You know, at home against Cincinnati, I feel like Deshaun Watson's going to pull it out. He's had great numbers all season long Uh, on the road in a division matchup. I think it's going to be difficult for Jalen hurts to put on a lot of pressure. So I'm going with Deshaun Watson. That 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 hurts is a that hurts play is a is a matchup play. Um, Robsberger against the Indy defense, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's not a it's not a you know it's probably safe for you know eighteen to twenty five point or twenty two points or whatever. Uh, I I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a phenomenal game against Cincinnati because um, Cincinnati's defense can't play that good two weeks in a row, right? No, I mean they was definitely an energy game against the Steelers. I don't think they're going to do it again. Uh, I mean, Watson has been uh, kind of sh- not struggling the latter half of the season, um, but he he hasn't been phenomenal. And Jalen Hurts is averaging 28.6 points, uh, and he played a half a game in one of those games. So that's pretty good. Last game, he was sensational. Um, but Deshaun Watson also has those talents, so he can go off at any time. Um, I'm going with Deshaun Watson. Um, he definitely has the power to uh, overtake this rookie quarterback. All right. So we're going to move on to the running backs then. And I don't think there's a contest here. Uh, Melvin Gordon's been playing well. David Johnson's healthy again. So I think they're both going to get a significant amount of carries. And when we're talking running backs, it's volume versus quality. And volume always wins. So I think they're getting the volume. Even though Ido Smith is starting in place of Todd Gurley and Kenyon Drake is going to be splitting carries, I still give the edge to the keys to success for the running backs here. I concur. I think that his his running backs are much more solid than yours. That CEH, granted, he hasn't had the season people thought he would have had. Um, but that's a big, big, big loss for you, Ben. Um, So I'm going to give the running back edge to Keegan. For me, Edo Smith, great pickup. Um, He looked great a couple weeks ago, um, but Melvin Gordon and David Johnson taking the lion's share of the Johnson boys because Duke Johnson is probably going to be out. Um, It's really, for me, it's a coin toss because I think Edo Smith is going to boom. Uh, and Drake is probably just going to fizz, but not too high. 
Um, I'm going with the Keeks to success running backs here. All right. So then we're moving on to running out uh, to wide receivers. And I don't, again, I don't think it's a contest. Allen Robinson and DK Metcalf are just so much stronger than the combination of Cooks, Davis, Lamb, T. Higgins, T.Y. Hilton, Cole Beasley, any of the, I, I, those two will go up against any of those two that you can pick from. And I think they're just going to score more. They're, they're just more talented. Allen Robinson has been great for volume and going against Jacksonville. I, I just don't see where the points are for uh, my team. I think it's names versus substance. I think Allen Robinson can be a disappointment. He does. Guys, don't forget who his quarterback is. It's Mitchell Trubisky. Um, DK, that Seattle offense has not looked good recently. Um, it, it's a big divisional game, too. I don't know how many points are going to be scored in that. I think your players have higher ceilings when it comes to your receivers overall have higher ceilings. CeeDee Lamb can go big. Corey Davis can go big. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks can have a huge touchdown. I'm going to go with you strictly because of the ceiling that your team has over Keegan's, which has a higher floor. Yeah. Also, I think the Rams are going to be playing pissed because they just got, they lost one of the worst upsets ever. The Rams defense is definitely angry. They definitely have a, um, a lot of pride on their defense. So I definitely think Seahawks is going to be a difficult challenge. Um, DK Metcalf is um, a physical uh, freak uh, of nature. Um, Allen Robinson has, you know, been playing like very respectably the last four weeks after the bye, and he's up against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is not fantastic. Um, but you look at Corey Davis, um, and he's re- even with that run game, especially because of that run game, he's really scoring, and uh, I think Corey Davis is really gonna score again just like he did last week um he only had four receptions last week for 110 yards and a touchdown for my bench um in i mean yeah but but i have a a really uh really good feeling that the run game is going to stretch that field just like it did again uh against green bay because they're gonna they're gonna have to put more guys in the box for derrick henry because he's literally a monster so, so who are you going? So, so okay, I didn't pick because it's really hard. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a question mark for me. Um, I'm gonna go with Keegan's wide receivers. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Ben. DK Metcalf is. Uh, I can't ever say no to DK. I understand. He's he's a, a beast of a man. So going on to tight ends, I think this is the closest of the positional matchups. But I'm gonna give the edge, the only edge I think, except for maybe the defense, to my team because T.J. Hawkinson has been one of the most consistent tight ends sneakily all season. And although Tampa Bay has a great defense, they are very susceptible to tight ends. They are twenty. They are ranked twenty sixth in the league for points scored against tight ends. So it's pretty low. And you know Washington's. Offense is suspect, as we talked about. So I'm giving a slight edge to my team and TJ, and he's going to want to show up for that fumble he had last week. I concur with your statement, Benjamin. Oh, that's it for you? Oh, yeah, no, I'm also with you. Hawkinson and, I mean, Matty Stafford is always coming on. So I think Hawkinson is going to have a comeback week because he needs to, exactly like you said, redeem himself for that uh, fumble. All right, so moving on to the moving on to the flex. So okay, so we all agree that my tight end, the better tight end, the flex will be a difficult oh, yeah, position. Better tight end. 
because for so many weeks, I have left one player on the bench that if I had started, it would have almost won me the week or gotten me really close. So I think I have the edge in the flex if I pick the right player. I don't know who that is yet, but I feel like it's going to be one of them. So I'm going with my team for the flex. Grasso, what do you think? Make it succinct. Um, I'm 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 with you for the flex. I think anybody that he puts in his flex is going to be just dangerous. So I'm I think it, it. Oh, I think it's 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 a ceiling. It's again, it's a ceiling matchup with the flex. You that that's where you want to score. That's where you want to have your boom games. And I think that you uh you have the the possibility if you pick the right player, Ben. As long as you pick the right player, I think you're going to have a really good shot. So the defenses, uh, we'll, uh, we'll skip the defense for a second. I just want to say that Rodrigo has been carrying my team before any other player. So I, I pick him over Greg Zerline. We're talking about names, but he has the best name in all of football. So I'm going with Rodrigo. So. I will uh, also pick the ship. Uh, the, ro- the rocket ship is is going to win this solely for you. He's going to score yeah, seventy five points this week. I, I, I will get a, a blanket ship jersey if he scores me more than fifty yeah, points. Yeah, if, if he's the difference that you win this game, I mean they're playing Pittsburgh, so they're not going to be able to. I mean, I don't okay, think it's going to be a bittersweet. Zone. They have Pittsburgh has a very good red zone defense, if I'm not mistaken. But um, that means he'll be kicking a lot of field goals. That's what I'm saying. So I think the ship is going to sail this weekend for sure. Uh, they're going to attack. They're going to attack right upwind, and they're going to crush it. Right. All right. So that brings us to the defenses. And again, I think Keegan is picking a matchup, picking the Browns defense against the Jets. It's always a smart play to play against the Jets for defense, unless you were the Rams last week. Uh, but the Ravens have been playing well at home against the Giants. I'm still going with the Ravens. I'm uh, I'm on your back for this one, big guy. Uh, I'm also with the Ravens um, versus the Giants. Uh Matt, uh, what is that? Jo- Danny Dimes is coming off an injury, or Colt McCoy is playing. Uh, their wide receivers are always questionable. Um, Ingram might just pop up a ball for an interception just for funsies. Um, so I think it's definitely the Ravens defense. They've been playing hungry. The Giants, uh, the Giants defense scores the points for that that team overall. Like the on the on the field points, I concur. It's the Ravens, which leads me to my mouth breather pick. I am picking Keegan to be the mouth breather, aka our very own Benjamin Max is going to be the eleventh seed. All right, uh, Grasso, what do you think? Um, it's it's so I'm like uh, I'm I'm looking at a. Uh, anybody's game really um and i'm going the broken clock um your luck has been so bad i think this is the one week will you you smith is gonna eke it out for you brandon cooks is gonna have a touchdown this is your week buddy this is it this is your one time to you're you're right twice a day you know and this is your one time to be right i mean that's that's the name of my that's the name of my team for a reason uh, no, but I, how- figured it, I figured it out in the shitter for the first time. Like, <laughs> God, that's what it fucking is. It's because a broken. Oh God, that makes so much sense. So, I I hate to pick against myself in the mouth breather matchup, but I'm going to be just because when you look at his starter, the his top four wide receivers and running backs, they are just so much better than mine. I know it's names it's, but when you look at the matchups and the teams and the home matchups, I can't help, but think that I don't see a path for victory for my team. 
even though I'm going to try my heart out, I'm going to pick, I'm going to overanalyze all my matchups. I might Greg my matchup, but I'm going with the keys to success. Did you, you, you don't want to echo your matchup, but that's what I just said. Yeah. I'm going to echo my matchup. I have a yeah, feeling. Don't echo it up, buddy. <laughs> all right. So that wraps that up. Uh, we're going to move into the fi- the Alba finals, uh, which, you know, could be, could be one of the best finals matchups we've ever had. We're talking about the two beers too deep. We're talking about the Fitz magic. So we're going to go right into it and we're going to talk about the quarterbacks here. And Aaron Rodgers had a bad week last week. He's going up against a really bad pass defense. Tom Brady has been terrible on the road, even in, even in a dome like Detroit. I, and Aaron Rodgers is going to continue his MVP season. So I'm going with the two beers too deep for the quarterbacks. I, yeah, I'm going to take this one, Grasso. Let's be, it's, it's, this is the old guard. You know, Ben, what well, your matchup was Hurts versus Deshaun Watson, kind of the new guard of quarterbacks. This is the – these are the guys that we know and that have been fantasy relevant for decades. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers has got the better matchup. I think Tom Brady, like you said, is not good on the road. It is in the dome, but I got to go with A-Ron. A-Ron, where are you? I don't know why I don't have that sounder. Big, big, big thing for me. Um, the Lions have not allowed less than 20 points this entire season. Um, so no matter what happens, there's going to be points scored. And I think a lot of them are going to come from Aaron Rodgers' arm because last week he was frustrated with his throwing ability and his ability to get the ball to where he wanted. So I think he's coming back angry and I think it's, uh, Aaron Rodgers for sure. hundred percent. All right. So we're going to move on to running backs here, and I think it's really close. I am not going to consider Jeff running uh, Jeff Wilson your running back. I think you're going to move Gio Bernard into that spot and keep Jeff Wilson in your flex to pick a different flex. But So I'm going to look at those, and I think it's really close. Uh, you, you have a head-to-head matchup with Cook going against Kamara, so that'll be one to watch. And then you've got – uh, you know, David Montgomery, who's been coming on strong against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gio Bernard, who came off a great game, but and he's at Houston and Houston's defense has been terrible. So I honestly think it's a push between both your teams, even though I give a, if, 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 if I was going to split hairs, I would go with the Fitz magic just because those two have been really good lately. I, I think it's the, is it, it's, it's basically Dalvin Cook versus Kamara and uh, Kamara and Montgomery. Because um, I don't know whoever you put, whether it's Geo or whether it's my name is Jeff um, in the in, in the RB two. I don't know if it matters. Um, so I'm going to go with Fitz in this matchup. But that being said, Dalvin Cook could single handedly win that position for you. It is um, Dalvin Cook has two games that were over 40 points this year, um, and David Montgomery has had a game that was 3.7 points this year. Um, But David Montgomery's last four games have all been over 20 points. um, And he's been very steady. And that's his RB2. I haven't even talked about Alvin Kamara yet. Um, So Montgomery's an RB1 in a lot of situations right now. And Kamara is his RB1. And I think running backs totally go to fits because my RB2 is such a huge question. So the wide receivers, I think there's a clear edge here for the two beers too deep. 
uh, Stefan Diggs, as we mentioned before, has been on every champion, most of the championship teams. So it's good that you have him. He is definitely Josh Allen's go-to guy, and Josh Allen has just been on fire. Uh, Adam Thielen, he's been great in possession when he's playing. The reason he's number 10 is because he has, he, I think he was out a few weeks. So uh, between that and, you know, Mike Evans has had a disappointing season, and Jarvis Landry is just mediocre. I don't know what he's a, a wide receiver three at best. So I'm definitely giving a definitive edge to two be two be years too deep for that. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but Jarvis has been warming up. He's looked good the last few weeks. Baker's getting hot. They are playing the, the, the jets, but I think the receivers, those top two receivers for Grasso have those two. And there's those two cook and Rogers have really carried Grasso's team um this whole season and, and i think it's going to be grosso for the receivers also for those of you who are just listening to the podcast and not watching grosso has literally looked like he's taking a aggressive poop this entire time we've been talking about this championship game he is stressed i think he's plucking his mustache i'm unsure we may need to check on his health on sunday guys this is really hard for me because i've never i've always just like been like oh yeah this is so much fun let's have fun playing fantasy football that's where my brain has always been it's always like fun 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 and uh now it's like holy shit i could actually fucking win um and the stress is really really getting i'm losing my hair um i'm not losing weight because i'm not losing weight losing hair gaining weight i'm losing i'm losing hair i'm gaining weight um maybe this is 30 i'm not sure uh but this is trying to win a fantasy football prize motherfucker (laughs) it's really it's really difficult man um but looking at these wide receivers my wide receiver core on the two bears two deep squad is um unfathom unquestionable unflappable um and Jarvis Landry and Mike Evans are um, sometimes question marks. I mean, there's weeks where they have not uh, seen the ball more than four times. I, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reason to say that those wide receivers won't show up. But Mike Evans is playing Detroit, and Jarvis Landry is playing the Jets, and those are very weak secondaries. Um, and I see Adam Thielen playing New Orleans. Um, and Stefan Diggs playing New England, and those are not weak secondaries. Uh, so it's really hard to dig my heels in and say that the two beers too deep are going to have the better wide receivers this week simply because of matchups. Um, but I'm going to go with the two beers too deep. Uh, Stefan Diggs finds a way to the end zone, and Adam Thielen, even with his reduced amount of catches, is still open in the red zone, somehow wide open. Dalvin Cook is keeping it open for him. So moving into the tight ends, I mean, I, it's it's clear we know Travis Kelsey is a cheat code. It's it's not fair that 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 uh, Fitz has Travis Kelsey here, who is playing like a wide receiver one, like an RB one. I mean, and Mark Andrews is a great tight end. He's been coming on stronger, but uh, there's no there's no choice. It's Travis Kelsey for the Fitz magic. Yeah, Kelsey's Kelsey, and we we talked about him earlier in the, in the pod, and 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 Mike Andrews. If he can score and make it close, that's where I think you have a chance. If Mark Andrews can be within six points of Travis Kelsey, I think that is going to be a key factor in Grasso winning this matchup is that that difference in score and tight end. But I got to go with Fitz, with, with Kelsey in, the, in this particular matchup. You can never go against the number one anything usually. Um, and Kelsey is the number one tight end 
by and far a ridiculous margin. Uh, there's no way you could ever go against him. Even Mark Andrews has a career game versus the Giants. He's not going to touch Kelsey um, versus Atlanta with their shitty secondary. So Kelsey all the way. All right. So the flex is, I think, the most interesting position for this matchup because you both have really weak flexes. So it really comes up to the matchup and who you choose. Again, I think Gio Bernard should be your RB2 and Jeff Wilson you should put in your flex and maybe choose somebody else. But, I mean, Sterling Shepard is really Fitz's only option. So if that's his only option, I really think you have the slightest of edges. Maybe he can go with Frank Gore, but it's a push, but I give you a slight edge for flex. Yeah, that the 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 flex options are 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 thin here at the at the top, um, but I also I agree with Ben. If if Boston makes the right choice, he wins that flex position. It's a gamble, man. It's um there aren't like terrible choices. The, the the fact that it is is that they're all so close together, and they're all so average that you don't really know who to pop in the flex. Like, do you throw in a wide receiver at Nelson Aguilar? who is a number one wide receiver on that Las Vegas team is going to see a lot of passes. Do you throw in another running back who's going to get a lot of touches? What running back do you throw in? Is Miles Gaskin coming back? Is he going to be an integral part of that Miami offense? Uh, although Ahmed did like an amazing job last week. That's really a question mark for me. Um, and he really has only a couple people he can plug in. Um, so I'm going his flex because mine is more of a gamble and I'm probably going to make the wrong choice. So, all right. So we're going to move on to the defenses here. And I may, I may be picking uh, against the green here thinking, but the Colts are the, the better defense than the, uh, than the, the Washington football team. But when you think about the matchup, Pittsburgh has been playing so terrible and they've been playing on the road. I think they're going to come and play angry. And I'm not just saying that as a Pittsburgh fan. So I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think Pittsburgh is going to come out and put a lot of points on the Colts. Ben Roethlisberger is one of the fastest passers in the NFL. So there's not going to be uh, a lot of sacks. There may be some picks because he throws it low. You could see some tips at the line. That's what defenses have been doing against him. Carolina is kind of uh, an iffy team all around. So there's a lot of points to be had there for the defense. So I'm giving the edge to Grasso for this matchup. That Washington defense is a fantasy defense to its core. They sack the quarterback, they cause turnovers, and on occurrences, they score. The Colts defense is just a good defense. They're not going to lose you points, you know, kind of in that, you know, that where they give up a ton of points and a ton of yards. I think, and I think it's got to come down to the pure matchup. Carolina is not as good as Pittsburgh. Oh, so I'm going to go with, with Grasso and the Washington defense. Who would have thought at the beginning of the year the Washington defense would be this good? I think I said this before, but it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I picked them up a couple of weeks ago looking at the end of their schedule. I saw Carolina. I saw Philadelphia with their question mark offense, even though now it's not such a question mark. So that's kind of a difficult call. Um, but this week, it, I mean, oh, we're not playing another week. This is it. Fuck. That doesn't even make any sense. I thought they were playing Philly. Oh, they played Philly this week? No. Whatever. My, my whole deal with the offense uh, defense situation here is the Colts are playing a very Smoke good weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> so Washington is going to get after Teddy Bridge. Um, 
And I think the Colts are going to have a problem with Pittsburgh. Uh, they're going to pound the ball. They're going to try and throw the ball. Pittsburgh's a little butthurt. They're on a three-game slide. Um, but the Colts are also hungry. They've let up a lot of points the last couple of weeks. They haven't really produced um, on defense as well as they had previously. So maybe they're coming out a little bit hungry. Um, they're also fighting for playoff uh, implications in like the real football world. So I'm going with the Colts this week. Right. I just want to leave one, one thing about that too. Uh, there used to be a column called Tuesday morning quarterback by uh, some writer. I forget what his name is, Greg Easterbrook. Uh, and he, he had a lot of detailed, unique stats, sort of like Freakonomics. And he would always say, always bet on a desperate team at home. Pittsburgh is desperate right now and they're playing at home in a three game slide. I would bet on them to, to, do some damage to the Colts, if not what. So uh, ju just to put a pin in that, uh, I really think the kickers are kind of even. Uh, uh, Carlson against Miami, Joey Sly, if he gets some long ones, he could do some bombs, but he, he has a big he has a big leg, but it can be inaccurate. So you, you could see a lot of points. You could see a little points. It's tough to tell. I'm going to call this one a push because it's kickers and who the fuck knows. For me, both these teams are getting into the red zone and not scoring touchdowns um, because they have quarterbacks that are indecisive. So I think both of them are going to score a lot of points. Um, the night, American I think Carlson is probably going to boot a couple more for Vegas. Uh, sorry about that. Some technical difficulties over here. All right, so you're going with Carlson? Yeah, I'm going with Carlson. All right, so then let's talk about the overall matchup. I mean, this is this is really going to be a close game. I feel like it's going to be five, ten points in either direction, and it's going to be a heartbreaker for whoever loses. But when you look at the matchups, uh, a lot of it will come down to Tom Brady on the road and the Mike Evans connection. It'll come down to Travis Kelsey, uh, and it's going to come down to a lot of the minor matchups. But I really think based on last week and this week and the storyline of the season that I do think Grasso is going to pull it out by just a, a smidge, even though I picked Fitz to win the whole thing. I think Grasso, you're going to have it by like, by a camel's hair. Is that a phrase? I just made it up. I, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. And I think it's going to come down to like, we talked about a position by position. And whoever wins the more positions, you know, quarterback versus quarterback, RB1 versus RB1, so on and so forth, I think it's going to win the matchup. You know, Grant, you know, Gross has won some weeks where Dalvin Cook has scored enough points for both of his running backs. But I think Gross is going to pull this out. I think it's going to be a tight one. I think – I just don't want Fitz to win back-to-back. -back. I don't like that Vinny has won back-to-back. -back, so I don't want Fitz to win back-to-back -back either. And I think it would be a, a wonderful fairy tale, story tale ending if Christopher John Grosso was able to put the Alba in his bedroom next to his, next to his bed. Yeah. We need more local winners. So are, um, you, going, are you going with Grasso? I just want to be clear here. Yes. I'm picking, I'm picking Christopher John Grasso. Okay. <laughs> Terrible. He, he's definitely I'm, taking a shit. I'm throwing I'm pooping. It's coming out both ends. It's like terrible. I need a bucket. Um, I'm so stressed out, man. Anything is possible. Um, Fitz has a really good team. There's not a lot of like, oh, who can I plug in on the bench? And like his team is pretty much set. He can throw a couple things in the flex. But like for me, it comes down to that Alvin Kamara versus Dalvin Cook 
that matchup is gigantic. If Kamara gets slowed down by the Minnesota defense, um, if Cook can run all over the New Orleans offense or the New Orleans defense, um, and Thielen can get out. I mean, that's a huge play for me if I play Thielen and Cook. Um, is Julio gonna fucking do anything? Uh, there's so many questions. Um, and Fitz doesn't have all these questions to deal with. Um, so I'm going with Fitz. Um, I think Tom Brady versus Detroit, he's going to slay. I think David Montgomery has been on a huge tear, and then he's up against Jacksonville. He's playing. He's got the Jets versus Landry, and the Jets are Swiss cheese in the secondary. Kelsey just gloss over that because that's already 20 points probably in the basket. Um, oh, his flex is a question mark, um, but put in Latavius Murphy, maybe he'll have a touchdown. Um, and we'll see from there. Um, so I'm going with Fitz. He's going to win back-to-back champs. Um, and it shows that, you know, out-of-towners, really, uh, there's a there's some sort of a plus from not drafting in a room with uh, drunk high assholes. All right. So just I did one, I, I one drunk high asshole. Yeah. Okay. Other people drink. I guess I'm the only high one, but like. Oh, I was braced on that day, too. And so was Spencer. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's fine. We're all there. But you were drinking on the way there, basically. In my car, I, I rolled into the parking lot, and I put my car in park, and I slammed like a double IPA before I walked in. So so real quick, by the way, we had our first final no-loss pick from last week, which went to the Doge. It went 4-0. Uh, me and Grasso both went 3-1. Still not enough to t- overtake me for the overall season lead, but we'll see where we are after this week. Uh, the championship, Grasso, your pick for champ is already out because you picked Jimmy. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. Me, me and Keegan are both in the mouth breather, so you guys can pick that. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, so I just have one final thought for everybody before we go off tonight. So I'll leave it to Bill Pillman to uh, give us some inspiration. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Football battle. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. That's football. Perhaps it's faith that today is the 4th of July. 23rd of December. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. Poor foreigners scores. Elimination. Fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as the holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. I don't know what will. Well, hopefully that helps you all win your week. Mostly just me and Grasso. 
uh, fuck you, uh, Keegan and Pips. But we'll I, see where it goes. No, 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 no. All good vibes. All good vibes. Uh, a lot of respect to that, to that, to that Fitz Magic team. I don't want to. I want to put that out in the world. A lot of respect to that team. That's a really good team. Guys, I don't want to do the podcast next year with the mouth breather and the second place team. I want to do it with the champion and the eleventh place team. Uh, me too. I would rather do it with the mouth breather and the champion. I think the dramatic dynamic of that would be fantastic for podcasts. But that's you just should, you shut your mouth. Because <laughs> because I know our first. If I'm the mouth breather and you're the champion, we're going to have a whole podcast before the season starts about what you're going to name me, and I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring in guests. We'll bring in some more guests. Yeah, I, I, it'll be. A, we're gonna have be, to have a round table. A panel. No, no, it'll be a panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. We'll you'll be my, like, like your parents. Some, I mean, some yeah, friends. Oh God. Oh, no. I want to get. I want to get Josh Whalen from uh, from Nine Pin Cider in on this. I'd love to have him come down and give. No, a little, if, it, you know, I shouldn't tell you this, but if you want some embarrassing names, you should talk to my sister or my brother. Oh because, yeah, they got some like. Did they call you like Tootsie as a kid or? My sister oh, no, I'm not going to tell you that if you can get a hold of them, they will tell you. I'll tell you mine. If you tell me yours, my sister used to call me, used to call me Chubbs as a kid. And she still to this day calls me Chubbs. I mean, it's adequate now uh, with this pandemic plus package I'm working with over here. All right. I'll give you one nugget. All right. My, my, my siblings and all of their friends. And my, my, by the way, my sister's five, nine years older than me. My brother's five years older than me. So I was always a little kid. They always called me Eggy. Because I was like, I was an egghead and I was like the smartest kid around when I was really young. And then I got, you know, I, I kind of went on a negative curve. But besides that, that's that's what they always used to call me. It doesn't really bother me that much. My dad used to call me Beaner. Uh, and I didn't realize that that was a pot reference uh, when I was young. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it is what it is. So th- th- there's some nuggets for you and for Fitz if you're listening. If I, if I lose, which I won't. Even though I pick myself to lose. All right. So uh, for uh, for the Wieners Wien Dogs and Greg Marcou and the Two Beers Too Deep, Christopher Grasso, I am Ben Max from the Broken Clock Corollary, reminding all of you, except for Fitz and Keegan, to win your week. Good night, everybody. I'm a scat man. Surprise, motherfucker. We will not go quietly into the night. Smoke weed every day.